Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, but we need your help in sharing because we end up on all these digital platforms, including when this goes to podcast. By the way, I found out we just had an episode the other day that had 110,000 views within 24 hours. That's fantastic for a podcast. It really is. Uh, radio, a little higher, but the podcast, wow, and it's you guys that are doing it. So keep on sharing because we have to wake up a lot of ignorant people. We have too many brave people risking everything, like our, our friends north of the border in Canada who are risking everything with tremendous courage to stand up for what's right and stand up for humanity. And they have set off into motion a wave across this planet they they are truly the heroes and they were the heroes when the pandemic started and we didn't know what we were dealing with and they took all the risks and they're really the heroes today standing up to corrupt authority in canada that's the first cousin to the corrupt authority here in america and i went north of the border to find out what's going on with an old friend of the show stefan verstappen and he's going to come on he's going to talk about his experiences as a Canadian, how he views things, and this is totally unrehearsed. I have no idea what Stefan's going to say, but I know it's going to be interesting because we've had him on before. Before we join him, we are going to let you know that we are brought to you by, in this first segment, we're brought to you by food and water. And here's what I mean by this. Right here in the States, and I'm sure in Canada, there's a move right now to limit uh, meat. It's deliberate a move to deliver it food and food delivery. Uh, the war on farmers is intensifying. Crop yield is going to be going down. Fertilizers at an all-time high. I could go on and on, but the bottom line is, is getting food is going to be problematic. And I'm saying take matters into your own hands. Yesterday we had about oh, seven or eight people order a whole year's worth of food, which is really good. Now, my friends in prepping tell me two years is what you really need plus seeds. But starting, starting out, do the best you can do. Preparewithdave.com for 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories, three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 16 varieties of that so you won't habituate to the same food and get sick of eating it. And it does taste good. I've tasted it. It tastes just fine. I could live on this. It's high calories, so don't freak out. But when you're eating survival food, well, you're eating to survive. So calories are your last concern. So... I would recommend you order today. There are specials available that you'll see on both the one month and three month that you can stockpile orders on at preparewithdave.com. And then if you have food, you better have water because water will be used to control you as well. And uh, we have a great water filter, the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. They publish their testing results versus the competition. You can see that when you go to waterwithdave.com. And there really isn't much of a comparison. They're very, very good at what they do. And there's reputable water filters out there, but I think this is the best. And they've got a significant discount as well. Go to waterwithdave.com. So you've got both. Ladies and gentlemen, Zero Hour is here. The globalists are making their move. They are backed into a corner, and like a cornered animal, and animals they are, they are desperate. And here to talk to us about what's going on with our dear friends north of the border, people with great courage, people of Canada who are standing up to tyranny, is Stefan Verstappen. Thanks for joining us, my friend. It's been too long. Always a pleasure, Dave. Anytime. And um, thanks for having me back on again and thinking of me. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I started looking at this, I said, 
I know someone that's going to know what's going on and give us a good perspective. And, and uh, you're an expert at uh, community formation and organizing communities for, for prepping and, and surviving. And, and I know that the Yavapai County Preparedness Team reached out to you and here, here in uh, Arizona. And right. uh, they're in seven different states. And so, you know, I know this is in your wheelhouse but you're also a voice in the past. You've always been a voice of, of good humor, but calm, uh, reserve, um, measured in what you say. But you don't <laughs> you don't hold back. You do not hold back, and that's why I knew you'd be a good guest for what's going on. Well, I got to tell you, all of my colleagues here that I speak with, um, Doug Thornton, Doug Hagman, Ted Brower, Paul Preston, all of these guys have great admiration for what's happening in Canada. Tremendous. Uh, well, I thank you very much. And, you know, I have already pol- apologized to my fellow Canadians because for the last 10 years, I've called Canada a nation of cucks and Karens because I was so frustrated with the inaction of Canadians to fight this obvious Bolshevik takeover of our country. But... I apologize to my Canadians again, my fellow Canadians again. Um, I have never been so proud in my life of being a Canadian yep. as I have in the last three weeks. I am overwhelmed. I went out to see the truckers when they drove past. Now, I live in a small town, a rural farming community. We're surrounded by farm fields, and the town was originally founded by Mennonites. and so there is an overpass across the highway where the truckers were scheduled to drive through this was about three weeks ago and uh, my good friend Dixie dragged me out to go say hello because (laughs) it's hard to get me to do anything these days but so we went over to the overpass now the highway that runs across Canada goes through hundreds of miles of nothing you know just prairie and fields but on every single overpass for the last 2,000 miles there were dozens if not hundreds of people Canadians everyday Canadians standing on the overpasses waving flags holding signs we love you go truckers and the same was true for the overpass near this small town we went there and I'm telling you, all the people that were there could have stepped out of a Norman Rockwell painting. I mean, this is the Canada I used to know when I was a child. Healthy, fresh-faced, good-looking, honest people, families, husbands and wives and their kids and babies and teenagers. And they were all out there. They all drove out from the small town out to the, you know, this empty space of a highway and they lined the highway to greet the truckers and I've never seen such good looking people before and and everybody was getting along and hugging each other and giving a high five and saying hello and then they did this in sub-zero weather Dave it was so cold yes it was sub sub zero. I think it was like minus fifteen, minus twenty. But we also had like a fifteen, twenty or ten to fifteen mile per hour wind. It was brutal cold. Brutal. Even Canadians don't like this kind of cold. And despite the horrible <clears throat> climatic conditions 
there were dozens and dozens of people, families, little kids, mothers, grandmothers, holding and waving the Canadian flag. So this is not a fringe movement. This is actually the majority of Canadians and real Canadians. And when I got back home and went onto the internet, now I gotta stay calm, Dave. My friend Dixie told me that uh, I shouldn't be yelling and swearing so much. <laughs> yeah, and this was a family show, too. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the events of the last three weeks have left me with, swearing and yelling a lot. But I get back and I see that uh, Prime Minister Justin Castro. Um, <laughs> that's good. I, gotta like, I like that. I'm going to use that again. I yeah. call it, I call him Fidel Trudeau. It's kind of funny. Or I call him Mr. Dress Up, the dancing so, uh, snowflake. How about just blackface hypocrite? Yeah, blackface hypocrite's good. That applies. To hear that th- this snivelling, sniveling little weasel of a man called these people racists, oh, I know, misogynists, uh, extreme right wing. And, you know, you son of a... I hear you. (laughs) The nerve of this... Son of a Fidel lover. There you go. Let me, you know, enlighten you, Justin. These are the people that grow and produce the food that's on your table because a lot of the people here are farmers. Most of them are farmers. These are the ones that put food on your table. And then these are the ones that deliver the food to your grocery store. And you call them all these miserable names and, oh, misogynist. Oh, you think grandma that was standing out there with the Canadian flag is a misogynist? Do you think the three-year-old girl in the snowsuit playing in the snow was a misogynist? You know, miserable excuse. But listen, Dave, this is the left, okay? Here we call them liberals. In the United States, you call them Democrats. But you've got to understand, this is their playbook. You see... They're all liars and lunatics. They have no argument at all. You cannot talk to these people. You cannot debate them. You cannot reason with them. All they know how to do is run and hide, call you names, racist, Nazi, extreme right wing. They call you names, and then they hit you over the head with a bicycle lock. I mean, this is... This is what we're dealing with. These people are insane. It's a mental illness. Leftism, Bolshevism, Democrat, liberal, it's a mental illness. And we saw how that happened with Justin Castro. He hears the trucks are coming. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, even though he's had three jabs, three, but he was within the vicinity of somebody that tested positive. And so he had to flee into isolation. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a coward. That's why they, they call him here the coward of the country. Uh, you, know, you know, unless he has uh, pre-morbid conditions at his age, he has nothing to fear. It shows, you what, it shows you what a wimpy is. Exactly. And by the way, if those injections worked, why would you have to go running into quarantine. But of course, that we know that was an excuse. He just ran and hid. 
Now, Dave, I know you've been a coach for sports teams for most of your life, and you are the kind of man that understands what leadership is. Is that the behavior of a leader? It's a behavior. The leader. Stefan, it's the behavior of a coward. It's the behavior of a coward, exactly, and that's what he is. But, you know, let me get, just give a be, brief background for your American listeners that don't know who this little twerp is. He is, hands down, the most unqualified, least experienced, most inept person to hold the office of prime minister that ever lived. He would not get a job as a barista at Starbucks if it was not for the fact that his father was Pierre Trudeau, who was the prime minister of Canada for four terms, Dave, four terms. You know, if ever we needed uh, a limit on a number of terms, somebody could serve it's here in Canada. And it's Pierre Trudeau, by the way, that pretty much turned Canada into a communist country. He instituted all these programs, uh, the mass immigration, for example, from third world countries. That was Pierre and uh, the central bank and giving them new powers. And, you know, this, this was Pierre. But so Justin, his qualifications for being prime minister of Canada is that he was a snowboard instructor and he was a part time substitute drama teacher at a high school where he hit on all the underage girls and recently had to pay 2.2 million dollars in hush money to one of the underage girls he was having sex with well oh, this is not making the news down here in the states so oh, you're saying you're saying not. that justin uh castro i.e trudeau he is actually paying off uh, pedophilia on his part with high school girls? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they tried to hide it here, too. They said, well, let's say he's paying a non-disclosure agreement <coughs> into a trust fund for this woman <coughs> for two and a half million dollars or two and a quarter million, something like that. But, hey, look, you and I both know what this is. This is hush money, right? Yeah, and anybody else, they'd be in jail and the inmates would be waiting for them. Of course, yeah, listen. But what else is new, Dave? We know that all our politicians are pedophiles, all of them. It's disgusting. I, I, I think you have to be a pedophile to be even qualified to run for office now in this world. But anyways, so that's, that's Justin, a part-time substitute drama teacher. <clears throat> now... That's his claim to fame. He is literally, wow. and this is going to sound really bad, the bastard son of a whore. Literally, because everybody here now calls him Justin Castro. I think that cat is out of the bag. Um, there's been uh, um, videos made showing the timeline of how Margaret, his mother, um, was in Cuba at exactly around the time of conception needed for him to be born and how she fawned over Fidel. Oh, he was so charismatic. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, there's... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, Dave, a little bit of COVID here. <coughs> there's a bit of, um, you know, magnetic attraction to, 
to mass murderers like Fidel Castro. And um, she didn't admit to Fidel Castro in her tell-all autobiographies, but she admitted to sleeping with, I don't know, half the country, basically, you know, all of the Rolling Stones, even though Mick Jagger denies it, saying he would never hit on a skank like her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But with Lee Majors and all kinds of people she uh, you know it's it's a big tell-all book and she didn't mention Fidel but everybody is suggesting it and yeah the older uh, Justin becomes the more and more he looks like Fidel Castro it could be his clone he's like mini me Fidel yeah I've seen the comparisons so there's there's stunning. that's the story of Fidel Castro no experience no talent you know I call him a trust fund psycho you know, this is somebody that's never worked a day in his life. That is, never had to think about how he's going to pay the rent at the end of the month. He's never had to balance a checkbook. And this guy is supposed to run a country? This is how insane the left is. And um, a couple of years ago, he's already been elected three times, believe it or not. Uh, I don't believe it. I think the votes are rigged. It was all computer machine voting. You know, I can't believe it, especially after I see now these people on the side of the road supporting the truckers, um, you know, good salt of the earth people, honest, hardworking people that are too busy working and, 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 and providing for their families to have to pay attention to all the little cons and schemes and swindles that our government are inflicting us on a daily basis. They don't have, you know, they don't have the time to worry about all that, but they're awake now, Dave. They're out on the streets, they're in Ottawa, they're in their trucks. And uh, so that's a brief, a brief background. Well, I do have a question and, for uh, you. Um, Justin Castro, what a disgrace. Yeah, he, he no doubt is, but I, I do have a, a few questions here for you. Uh, since we're not getting a lot of news out of Canada now, except the controlled mainstream media, and I, I look at this, and, and here's what I wonder. We, we know the truckers are large in number and volume. We know there's support along the sides of the road. We've seen that. But when you go to the rank-and-file Canadian, would you describe it as still largely apathetic? Uh, is there a turning of the worm, so to speak? Tell me how the general public is. Where's their state of mind at now? Well, in the small town that I live in, my greeting to people that I meet in the grocery store, at the beer store, um, you know, at the uh, at the fizz and chip takeout, my greeting to all my fellow Canadians is F. Trudeau. <laughs> you know, and they all repeat the greeting back to me. Yeah, <laughs> F. Trudeau. That's no Trudeau. <laughs> go, bra- is- go Brandon, go, huh? Go Brandon. That's right. Go Brandon. This is this is the greeting that I've been giving to everybody in the town when I when I meet them, and they're all in agreement. But this is a small farming community. These are people that have had to you know work for a living. They don't work for the government. They put in long hours and and they do the right thing. They're you know like I said, salt of the earth, just like a Norman Rockwell painting, and the friendliest, kindest, most generous people. I have come across in a long time, but you go to Toronto or Montreal or Ottawa, 
they're all liberal enclaves. They're all democratic enclaves. And, you know, and most of them work for the government. You see, people that work for the government have a vested interest in protecting it because anybody that works for the government, and I'm going to be talking about this in my, my next installment of Paradise Stolen, and that is, you know, the vast majority of people that work for government are nothing more than parasites. They produce nothing. Their entire daily activity revolves either directly or indirectly taxing people, stealing money from the people that actually produce wealth. And so they're all firmly indoctrinated into this globalist government, leftist, Bolshevik ideology but the people in the small towns no they they're not falling for this they are really vehemently anti-trudeau anti-lockdown and 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 again this is not so much a political thing the left has made it political okay because if you disagree with them then you're extreme right wing uh same strategy yeah Yeah. the same thing here same exact thing Nazis, they're Nazis, they're all Nazis. Oh, Jesus, you know, it's what an insult. When you see the people here, nice, friendly, kind, helpful, hardworking, fresh-faced people, and then to call them Nazis, you miserable. But that's the left. That's the left. That's all they got. All they have is insults and name-calling because they cannot defend their position, their ideology, or what they do with anything approaching a rational argument, and they know it. That's why we see this <clears throat> massive <clears throat> censoring. <laughs> you can't voice an opinion that they don't agree with. You'll get censored, you'll get banned, and um, that's it. They don't want to hear it. You know, you, you just described America. Uh, you may want to, after our interview, go up to uh, uh, my website at thecommonsenseshow.com I, I wrote an article, um, and what I talked about in there, as bad as it is getting in Canada with the, um, you know, stealing of people's resources, taking their bank accounts, intercepting f- fundraising money, which is no more than theft, and on and on and on it goes. Um, we have a litany of legislation that came in under Obama and a couple under Bush that are far worse than what you have in Canada, and people think it can't happen here. And I'm here to tell you what you're hearing from our guest, ladies and gentlemen, and what's transpiring in Canada is a drop in the bucket compared to what this administration is going to do to Americans. Um, let's let's talk about the coverage. Um, are you able to track the truckers and the convoy and the issues there, or is there a news blackout? And if if so, how do you get your news? Well, of course, there's a news blackout. Mainstream media will, won't cover it other than to uh, send one of the reporters into the crowd with a swastika and then quickly take pictures of sure, them. Sure, sure. You know, like the blackface guy that I saw on day one with a Confederate flag wrapped around him. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is Canada. What the hell do they care about a Confederate flag for? What a stupid ass, excuse my French, plant that was. We knew that was false flag material right there. In fact, the Canadians in the video that I saw called him out. They said, hey, hey, you're a plant. Get out of here. You're not with us. Yeah. The good thing is that the truckers and the the people that support this movement 
are aware of these false flag attempts. They know perfectly well, ever since the G8 riots in Toronto back in, what was it, 2008 or something like that, uh, they had big demonstrations here against the G8 meeting, and lo and behold, police vehicles were being burned and, and shop windows were being broken into, and it turned out that all of the looting and burning and, and, and destruction was carried out by undercover officers. They, they you know, they all wore the same boots. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the jack boots. <laughs> yeah, they all wore the same jack boots. Jack booted thugs, so yep. Since, uh, since 2008, we know that our own government will send in infiltrate with instigators but look you know they've they've done that there in the u.s as well like every time there's a black riot a black lives riot suddenly skids of bricks suddenly appear on the streets oh i hear you yeah no i i hear exactly what you're saying there's no question um well they've started arresting the leadership what can you tell us about what you know that's going on now in terms of the latest? Oh, just to answer your question first, no. Mainstream media doesn't cover it, but I get my news mm. from a bunch of Canadian bloggers. People that are on the ground, like um, uh, Rebel News is pretty good, and uh, Lauren Southern, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, oh, who's the other woman? She's a Christian woman, blonde, very, very lovely woman. She's on the ground there. And so there's a lot of Canadian bloggers that are there on the ground talking to the people. And from what I've seen, Dave, this what's going on in Ottawa is like Woodstock, the festival with trucks. I mean, they're dancing, they're laughing. They set up bouncy castles because a lot of them brought their children. Like same as I saw on the overpass here, families came. They brought their kids because... And it's a good thing they did bring their kids because, God damn it, this is a historic moment. Never before in Canadian history have we seen such unity and such uh, um, common purpose and bravery. And I'll be honest with you, Dave, standing on that bridge, I had tears of joy. I really did because, I, you know, we, we haven't seen this. We've been under this socialist tyranny now for 20 years in Canada, more, because Pierre, Justin's father, ushered all that crap in when he was prime minister. He destroyed this country, make no mistake about it. Uh, everybody else is just mopping up the pieces and, and uh, you know, uh, anyways. But not only I was crying, other people that were standing there, they had tears of joy in their eyes, Dave. This is what it was. The, you know, the camaraderie, the unity, the the peace, and the love was overwhelming. Half the people in the audience, in the crowd, was crying. So, what was the question, Dave? No, I'm going off on it. Dave. No, no, you, you, you're good. I was asking how you got your news, and you said bloggers. And that kind of leads me into another question. We're hearing stories here in the United States that your social media has been shut down in terms of getting the word out from Canada. So are the are the social media bloggers, are they able to go back and forth with each other inside the country but can't export their findings? 
Yes, within the country you are still getting it. I don't know about them blocking it going out outside the, the, the Canadian borders. I wouldn't doubt it. That's been in our news here. That's yeah. been reported in the mainstream media that they're shutting that yeah. down. But, um, no, but things are even worse than, than I've mentioned. This is the good news. The good news is that Canada has united. Justin Trudeau, Justin Castro has finally achieved what he was trying to do, and that is unite the country. And the country is united in common hatred of this dictator. <clears throat> but, uh, oh, dear. Yeah, so, um, oh, my God, I, I'm losing my train of thought, Dave. That's okay. There's a lot on the table. Um, oh, yeah. oh, what I was going to Go say. Is, but anyways, it gets worse. Now, recently what he's done is declared uh, a state of emergency. What this is, it used to be called the War Powers Emergency Act. Mm -hmm. And in Canada, it was instituted twice, once during World War One and once during World War II. Then it was renamed because they thought Wartime Emergency Powers Act sounded too scary. So they renamed it. It's basically the same thing. They renamed it the Emergency Powers Act, and it was instituted once again by Justin's daddy, supposed alleged daddy, Pierre Trudeau, back in 1988, during what was called the FLQ crisis. So there was a, a Marxist group in Quebec that was uh, pushing for succession from the rest of Canada. They wanted Quebec to become a, a, a French-speaking country within Canada. And they had you know, sent out a bunch of pipe bombs, and they kidnapped a politician and a, and a high-level bureaucrat, and... Uh, threatened to execute them and uh so it was you know quite a bit more serious than bouncy castles in ottawa and that's when pierre trudeau called out the emergency powers act recently renamed from the war powers emergency act but since 1988 it has never been used not during 9-11 and uh, but now suddenly Justin uh, institutes this War Powers Act. So what they did, and let this be a warning to your listeners, Dave, because what they did here in a period of a week is institute full-blown communist takeover. First, what they did was they stopped their GoFundMe funds. Yeah, I saw so that. Go, yep. Right? Yep. So GoFundMe, and by the way, I used to, <clears throat> I did two campaigns on GoFundMe that were, you know, successful. But I will never deal with GoFundMe again. That's it. They're no, on no, my I black I said the list. same thing. Exactly. They're a bunch of thieves. Yeah. They're frauds. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, it's not up to them. Because first of all, they said, we're going to keep your money and we're going to give it to somebody we like. What? What? Yeah, I know. Are you I, I hear you. So why, why don't they just come to our houses and start carrying out our furniture? Coming soon, Dave. Yeah, coming well, soon. <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean to open that door, literally, but yes, I agree with you. So, anyways, there was a big 
brouhaha about GoFundMe, and then they decided to finally give people back the money they stole. Anyways, too late, GoFundMe. You've, you, you've shot yourself in the foot. Nobody's going to deal with you again. Okay, fine. Then the online donations went to a uh, gift, um, another crowdfunding platform called uh, Give to get or something gift to fund or something yeah, like that yeah i forget the name of it, but you're close yeah i know right. yeah i you know there's so many now i can't even keep track of them all <clears throat> so then you know uh, justin and his psychopath sidekick uh christian um the uh, uh vice prime minister oh no deputy prime minister came out and said that uh, they are going to track the donations that went through that other crowdfunding platform, gift to go or something like that. And um, they're going to track them to the bank accounts that they arrive at here in Canada, and they're going to freeze those bank accounts and take the money. There you go. So, Dave, without recourse to law, without a mm-hmm. vote in Parliament, It'll be the same thing, you know, like Biden comes out and says, by the way, everybody who voted for Trump, we're taking your bank account. Boom, done. Forget about it. It's over. You have no say in the matter. No, you know, vote in Congress. No, uh, you know, uh, approaching the American people. Nothing. No, we're going to take your money. That's it because you voted for Trump. This is the equivalent of what they've done here in Canada. So now they're closing down bank accounts. Now the people are getting nervous. If they close down your bank accounts, freeze it. And that means these people can't pay their rent. They can't buy groceries. They can't pay their mortgage. What are you going to do? And you have no recourse to law and you have no recourse to remuneration. That's what this lunatic woman said, Christian uh, um, something. So there you go. But, but but wait, Dave, it gets worse. They also said that they're going to revoke the driver's license, the commercial driver licenses of all the truckers. They're going to revoke it. Now you don't have a driver's license. You can't work. Well, can I ask an obvious question here? Yeah. How the hell are any goods going to get to the stores now? Oh, oh do you think liberals can think that far ahead? <laughs> or do they care? Yeah, I hear you. Do you think they care? They think groceries just magically appear at the, at the uh, you know, grocery store every day. They they have no concept of how the world works because well, first of all, they never have worked a real job. They don't understand the whole process, and so yeah, shoot themselves in the foot just like GoFundMe. Shoot, shoot yourself in the foot. Then, they also said they were going to suspend the insurance. So now we got the banks working for the government. They're going to take your money. You have no choice about the matter. And now the insurance companies, well, listen, we know the banks and the insurance companies have been in bed with the government from, for, for so long now. I'm, those, those, those three institutions make me sick to my stomach. But now the insurance companies are going to suspend their insurance. So you can't drive a car here without insurance. It's a $10,000 fine. For driving without insurance so then what well, Dave it can't get worse you say nobody can get worse 
They also sent in uh, Children's Aid Society to try and kidnap yeah. the children. Dave, we've seen this. We, it, you is know that what like our Child about? Protective Services? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Child Protective Services, yeah. Uh, so they sent in Child Protective Services to go around because, again, oh, my God, these demonstrators brought their family, you know. So all those little kids, you know, and some of them, uh, the truckers brought their family, their wife and their kids, and they're staying in the cab, right? And so now Children's Aid or uh, Protective Services, Child Protective Services in the States there is snooping around. Now, they didn't get anywhere with that because it was too outrageous. People said, wait, what? You're going to take our kids? You're going to take our kids? But they tried, okay, Dave? They tried. But again, this is the liberal Democrat Bolshevik playbook, okay? They get vicious, these people. If they don't get their way, they're going to get nasty. So they're going to steal your money. They're going to take your license, make sure you can never work. They're going to suspend your insurance so you can't, you know, you'll have to drive, tow your truck back <clears> 1,000 <throat> miles to Vancouver, and we're going to take your children. But wait, <laughs> today it just got better. They said that they were going <clears> to <throat> bring in Humane Society to pick up the pets of the truckers that get arrested and that those pets will be euthanized. Oh, my God. They're going to kill your dog. They're going to kill your... Babe, okay, I, I'm going to start yelling and swearing. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I, I, I'm just as angry as you are. This is... Uh, but it shows the nature of, of this government. So let's project ahead for a moment. We can return to the scene but there's no doubt that the government has the ability to remove these trucks and arrest the truckers. Eventually, they can overcome the protest. So when ground zero is cleared, what do you see is coming next? Well, what I see is coming next is a vindictive, spiteful, uh, attack. All gloves are off. Well, look, all the gloves are off already, Dave. They're going to take your money. They're going to take your vehicle. They're going to take your license. They're going to take your children. They're going to take your dog and shoot it. Uh, it's already off. How much worse can it get? The next stage, Dave, is the gulags and the concentration camps. And what? That's not going to happen? Look, they arrested a very famous pastor here in Toronto no in, in in Alberta because he continued to give sermons at his little church now this, Alberta is like Canada's version of Texas okay it's big it's wide open it's all cowboys you know and farmers and uh, he has a small church there and he keeps giving sermons and they've shut him down like six times they've already arrested him six times now the latest report is in there. Again, they arrested him a couple of days ago. Well, what are they arresting him for? Uh, mischief over $5,000. What do you mean by mischief? I don't get that. Nobody gets it, Dave. Nobody gets it. But again, what, what is he saying that's pissing them off? He's not saying anything. He's, he's giving sermons. He's holding church service on Sundays and allowing people that are unvaccinated to attend his service. Ah, okay, that's it. That's what it is. But look, what it really is, is it's another person that's not caving into the dictatorship. 
And so, you know how it is. Oh, yeah. They're going to get you. They're going to hammer you down. They're going to make an example out of you. They're going to make sure everybody is terrorized by what they do to this innocent man who all he does is he gives a sermon. And if people, Dave, freedom of religion is enshrined in the Constitution. We don't really have that here in Canada. We should have. I personally believe that people can worship whoever they want. And if they want to go to church, that is their God-given right to do so. But, oh, oh, not not here in communist Canada. Uh, Justin Trudeau don't like no, no, no Christians. And so they're making an example of this guy. And he's being held in solitary confinement in what he says is the dirtiest cell in the entire prison. And they haven't even given him a glass of water in over 24 hours. This is torture, Dave. So, you know, you want to hear about the stories, about the ghoul. Well, do you know what his name is? Let's get this out. Uh, okay. I, you know what? I'm going to have to. Uh, okay. I, I can Google you, it. Quickly. Yeah, you can you can look that up. But I want to get this story out. Uh, but we know Christian persecution's coming because Christianity is the, in my opinion, the birthplace of freedom, because you're free to choose Satan or Jesus. But, and they can't have that. They can't have a higher authority than their government. That's that's why they that's do what. what they do. And and of course they embrace every form of perversion that Christians don't. So, you know that's that's another reason as well too. So. Yeah. Uh, this is just beyond belief. But let's go back to my question. I want to expand on this a little bit more. Okay, sure. so assuming, you know, a time uh, in the near future where the truckers are cleared out, you know, and, and, and there's a relative state of normality in Ottawa, for example, and the border uh, bridges are open. So let's take a look at, you told me the government's going to get more repressive, and what you're describing very clearly is the Chinese social credit system. Exactly. Now, how are the people going to respond? Not just the truckers, but do you have a sense of where Canadians are at? Because I'm not sure this is over just because they can end a protest. No, it's not going to be over, Dave. It, the, the, the protesters and the people that I talk to, they are pissed. They are very angry, just like me. All I do is run around yelling and swearing all day. <laughs> Who's that crazy old man in the park? Yelling. Go Trudeau. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but they're not. Get, they're not going to back down. So it's going to be resistance. It's going to be passive resistance. And what I want to say to your listeners there in the United States: take a look at what's happening in Canada. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, this has instituted a run on the banks here now yes. because Canadians yeah. don't trust the banks. Well, after oh, what's happened, they shouldn't. I know. Oh, did you not? Did you vote conservative in the last election? There you go. No soup for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You no. Listen, I'm hearing these stories about bank confiscations and then the subsequent bank runs. That is leaked down to yep. here. I was talking to Sheila, uh, Sheila Zelensky. I interviewed her a week ago. And she said it's rumored this is going to start, and then we heard it did start. Uh, and you know, and I'm telling people in America this. You know, I, I peddle on my radio show. We got to do an ad here. In fact, let me go to the ad right now because it's timely, ladies and gentlemen. This last segment's brought to you by Noble Gold, and and I'm a customer of Noble Gold. And the reason I am is because first of all, they didn't pressure me. Second of all, I saw the great work they did with my audience. 
And I said, I need diversification because I know the dollar is in big trouble. I know the economy is in big trouble. And I, I know the hits are coming. So I need to minimize that. And they can do all these wonderful things for you. And they have so many avenues of diversification. And I keep going back for tune-ups because they're that good. And so, ladies and gentlemen, only keep operating capital in the bank. And you're going to hear why in just a second from our guest. Only keep operating capital in the bank. Do not let them pay you one-tenth of a percent interest on your account. Why they can loan out the money here under fractional reserve banking at nine times for every dollar they have. I mean, don't let them do that. And, and don't let them have the right to steal your money. In fact, the, once, the courts have ruled here in America, once you've deposited your money, the banks technically own it, although they haven't seized accounts yet, unless it's a force of law. But the reason they haven't is because people would take their money out. But when the banks start to falter and that day's coming, your account's gone. So whatever you have in the bank, you need to be prepared to lose it. But right now, you got to pay mortgage, you got to pay rent, food, so forth. So you only want to keep operating capital. How do you get a hold of Noble Gold? Well, they'll send you free material, and you'll look at it, and you'll call them. Go to goldbeforelate.com. That's goldbeforelate.com. And, and you're hearing why I push Noble Gold so hard. You're hearing it right here from the voice of a Canadian and our laws are more repressive. Stefan, before we go to that, I just want to just read to you something very quickly that I wrote the morning of this interview. I listed these acts, and I said, do you think that the Canadians have it bad with their emergency act? Patriot Acts 1 and 2 is far worse than what the Canadians have. Uh, it's along the same lines, though. But then there's also the NDAA, that can come and snatch you off the street because you're declared to be an enemy combatant, terrorist, enemy of the state. And here in America, Stefan, if you go to a school board meeting and protest, you're classified as a domestic terrorist. Now, now DHS, Department of Homeland Security, came out this week with a memo and said if you protest anything against the government, you're a domestic terrorist. So they can snatch you off the street. They've given themselves permission. Executive Order 13603 enslaves you in every part of your life, including slave labor. All your resources belong to the government if they declare an emergency. The, what you're hearing north of the border, we have legislation here that's actually worse than what our Canadian friends are going through. So, Steph, I don't, Steph, I don't know if you knew about this or not, but yes, yes, I know, I know, Dave. But, but we have most of the stuff came in under Obama. Not all of it, but most of it. And it was designed for Hillary. Do you know who's making a political comeback in America? Hillary. <laughs> Hillary. This is scary. This is scary, scary. So going to, let's talk about, okay, the world devoid of protest in Ottawa. What are the Canadians going to do next? Because I don't see this being over. What kind of actions do you anticipate? Well, again, this giant, oh, you know, before I answer that question, Dave, let me just support your sponsors because that's what I did this last two weeks I bought a lot of gold and silver I took the money out of the bank I bought you know physical gold physical silver and I also took out enough months worth of rent and you know expenses so I have that in cash because I don't know can I trust the bank I can't trust the bank no, can't trust so the bank. No, of course for not. Noble Gold your sponsor I 
I, I follow that advice, and I've, I've recently bought a lot more gold and silver. That's smart. Uh, you can't trust what's going on anymore. But So what are Canadians going to do? They're going to continue to resist as best they can. But you're going to have to understand, and for my American listeners and, and, and my friends down... Oh, wow, well, we got cut off. That was interesting, wasn't it? Okay, we yeah. got seven minutes on the nose left, and I want to give you a chance to promote your stuff. So let me okay. start back in here. And uh, here, four, three, two, one. Well, we had a little glitch there, ladies and gentlemen. We got disconnected, but uh, the powers that be don't know all the ways that I know how to get around what they do. They do. This is incredible. This happens so much in alternative media right now. It's not just confined to me. But anyway, we're back with uh, uh, our guest. Well, I'm sorry, I forgot what you were talking about because I had well, such a hard time getting back a hold of you. You know, buying gold and silver. Yes. Getting your money out of the bank. You know, I got uh, two months worth of expenses in cash, right? Two months worth of rent, two months worth of, you know, utilities and, and grocery money. That's in cash, that's in the drawer. And uh, I recently bought a lot of, a lot, jeez, I wish I could buy more, but I bought a, a chunk of gold and silver because you got to hedge your bets. You know, the, look, the inflation, the, 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 the inflation is killing us anyways. You know, we're losing 10, 20% of our value, uh, you know, every month. So mm -hmm. you might as well take the money out of the bank. It's doing nothing there. And even if you just buy a year's supply of food, you're still way far further ahead than to leave the money in the, in the bank. The other thing is also uh, what you were talking about with the water fil filtration systems. I just bought a still so I can now distill my own water. I got a big five gallon still. So oh, I'm coming water. to your house for the party if you got a still. Yeah. Plus <laughs> I'm going to be making the moonshine. So if you know, shit hits the fan and everything collapses, I am your local moonshine dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's great. That's I'll be part really of the black terrific. market. And I also bought more antibiotics. And um, uh, I'm, I'm looking oh, at it. I'm doing a podcast uh, uh, same day we're doing the broadcast here. And I'm talking about uh, what medicines are going to be in short supply here very quickly. And you just mentioned one of them. The yeah. Antibiotics. No, no, I, no question. Yeah, I stock up on antibiotics. I just bought another hundred capsules. Where'd you, you know. get them at? Um, should I say it on air? Well, you you can't get a prescription for very much. So, um, can you tell me without getting anybody in trouble? Maybe you just tell me off air. Sure, I can tell you. It's fish antibiotics. Oh yeah, okay, sure, sure. You know my, who I'm talking about. My friend about, Bob right? Griswold, Ready Made Resources, sells that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very, now, very. I have familiar taken with that. this stuff. I had a a, a a gum infection about three years ago, and um, you know, of course, you can't get it. You know, anyways, I took uh, two of these uh, antibiotics. Was gone in an hour. So oh. uh, you know, uh, no, you got to keep it stockpile antibiotics, even if you don't need them yourself. They're barter items. People will kill sure. for antibiotics because. You know, and I tell people, you know, because I do consulting, right? I, t I, I can consult people on get, being prepared and how to get their plans in order. Correct. And I tell them, okay, so, you know, I tell everybody to have a medical kit, which is more than a first aid kit. It's, you know, you want to have all your supplements in there and your herbal teas in there and, 
you know, uh, um, even things like uh, an IV and a stethoscope. I mean, it's it's a beefed up first aid kit. But I always tell them, you know, stockpile some antibiotics. If you can get them from your doctor, your dentist, or whatever, always ask for an extra prescription. And then stockpile it because if not for you, make yourself useful to the community. So I, I, I say, you know, what if your next-door neighbor's 12-year-old daughter has a bacterial pneumonia and there's, the hospitals aren't open, no ambulance is coming, there's no doctors, there's no pharmacies, and she is going to die unless you get her 15 caplets of antibiotics and you could save her life. Wouldn't you want to save her life? Even mm. if you don't use it, make yourself useful. So I bought extra antibiotics and I'm thinking of shotgun shells, but I think I have enough. I don't know. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. We're going to make another run ourselves on what you just mentioned there. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you your opinion on something here very quickly. I have a quick answer on this. Sure. Uh, do you think that the banks, now that people are coming and pulling their money out, are they going to stop that? Are they going to limit withdrawals? Have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything about it, but it's not in their interests to stop withdrawals. I've heard that some ATM machines have run out of cash. Uh, we've seen this before in certain places during, you know, natural disasters. I can't remember specifically the incidents, um, but I know like, you know, during hurricanes or, or uh, yeah, during hurricanes and tsunamis and things like that, people all ran to the bank and got that we're still here yeah you cut out for a second here now they're screwing with us there's no question yeah no i thought they cut us off again so i've i've heard of the atms running out of cash here um so uh, um, look the banks the insurance companies the pharmaceutical comp companies the big tech you know facebook and amazon look they're all in bed together it's all just one big criminal enterprise so yeah, they they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I, I I hear you. We got about a minute left, and I wanted you to be able to talk about what you do and how people can follow your good work. Okay, well, thanks, Dave. Um, you can find all my stuff on my <coughs> website, www.chinastrategies, one word, chinastrategies.com. And you know, I've written a lot of books and done a lot of interviews and created a lot of videos you know if you google my name stefan verstappen on youtube i got hundreds of videos and things like that but what i would recommend for the listeners right now is my best selling product is a download what i have done since i started prepping since well i started prepping when i was 16 but since the internet and back in 1995 i've been collecting survival books all kinds of okay unique. and you can get that at your site i can, you can get that at my website it's okay. called the survival download 300 survival books plus all my books sounds great well we are flat out of time up against it but listen this was really informative to get an inside story from canada thank you so much for joining us and oh, uh well. keep me updated well i'll get you back on for an update i'll, I'll send you a link to this story about the pastor all right thank you you're welcome, Dave. Care, Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too.